Hi everyone. Hope you had a great weekend and hope you enjoyed my previous episode. Today we will be discussing a topic which is very important when it comes to examinations and in vivas that is the cardiac cycle. A cardiac cycle describes events which occur during a single heartbeat and if you were to broadly divide it into two phases they are the diastole and systole. During the diastole there are four stages that occur that is the isovolumetric relaxation rapid ventricular filling slow ventricular filling and atrial contraction during systole two stages occur that is the isovolumetric contraction and ejection let us understand all these stages during diastole the atria and ventricular pressures are low but the ventricular pressure is still slightly higher than that of the atria as a result the atrioventricular walls remain closed the aortopulmonary pressures are also higher than that of the ventricles and thus the aortopulmonary walls also remain closed so the ventricles are relaxing but the volume within the ventricles remains unchanged this phase is called the isovolumetric relaxation pressure inside the ventricles keeps falling while that within the atria keeps increasing as the atria get filled with blood from the great veins that is the inferior and superior vena cava at one point of time the atrial pressure will become higher than that of the ventricles and the atrioventricular valve will open as soon as that happens the blood will move rapidly from the atria to the ventricles and this constitutes the rapid ventricular phase of the diastole during this phase the largest amount of blood will move from the atria to the ventricles as the pressure starts equalizing across the atria and ventricles the movement of blood across them slows down and this is called the slow ventricular filling phase in late diastole the sa node discharges and results in atrial contraction and this is shown as p wave on ecg the atrial contraction is responsible for forcing remainder of the blood from the atria to the ventricles at rest atrial contraction contributes to about 1/5 of ventricular filling as 80% has already passed into ventricles passively due to venous pressure as the atria contract a small pressure wave is seen in the superior and inferior vena cava called the a wave on the cvp trace at the beginning of systole ventricles contract the ventricular pressure rises dramatically hence the av valves close that is the atrioventricular valves close this leads to the first heart sound onset of ventricular systole occurs at the same time as the r wave on ecg as the ventricles are contracting pressure in the ventricles is rising yet it is still lower than that of the aorta and the pulmonary artery thus the aortopulmonary valves still remain closed so now the atrioventricular valves have closed and the aortopulmonary valves are yet to open as a result again the volume within the ventricles is remaining unchanged while the ventricles are contracting and this is the stage of isovolumetric contraction during this phase the blood is forced against the closed av valves that is the atrioventricular valves in this case the tricuspid valve which bulges into the right atrium producing the c wave on jvp Eventually the pressure within the ventricles exceeds that in the aorta and pulmonary artery which leads to the opening of the aortopulmonary valves and the blood is ejected which leads to our last phase that is the phase of ejection of cardiac cycle in a healthy patient the aortic pressure during diastole is low which is 80 ml of mercury 
which increases to 120 millimeters of mercury during left ventricular ejection. Whereas the pulmonary artery pressure during diastole is of 8 millimeters of mercury, which increases to 25 during right ventricular ejection. During rate, a late systole, ventricles repolarize and begin to relax. This forms the T wave on ECG. As a result, the pressure in the ventricle slowly decreases and eventually becomes less than that in the aorta and pulmonary artery. Hence, the aortopulmonary walls will now close, which will produce the, a second heart sound. At this point, there is a slight increase in diastolic pressure, which is seen as a diacrotic notch. This sums up the cardiac cycle. Now, again, we will very briefly revise the cardiac cycle. The cardiac cycle describes the events that occur during a single heartbeat. It is broadly divided into the diastole and systole. During diastole, the ventricular pressure is still slightly higher than that of the atria. So the atrioventricular walls remain closed. The aortopulmonary walls are also closed. So there is no blood coming into the heart or moving out of it. The volume of the blood within the heart remains unchanged and the ventricles are relaxing. So this is the phase of isovolumetric relaxation. As the ventricles relax further, the pressure goes down and the atrial pressure is higher than that of the ventricle at one point when the atrioventricular walls will open. As soon as the walls open, there is a rapid movement of blood from the atria to the ventricle and constitutes the rapid ventricular filling phase. This phase contributes to the maximum ventricular filling. As the pressure across the atria and ventricle starts equalizing, the movement of blood across them starts slowing. This is the phase of slow ventricular filling. This is followed by that of the by atrial contraction, which accounts for one-fifth of the ventricular filling at rest. Now begins systole. During systole, the pressure within the ventricle starts rising dramatically. As a result, it becomes at one point more than that of the pressure within the atria and the atrioventricular walls close. Now the atrioventricular walls are closed and the aortopulmonary walls are also closed and the ventricles are contracting. So this leads to the phase of isovolumetric contraction. As the pressure within the ventricle keeps building at one point, it becomes more than that within the aorta and the pulmonary artery. At this point, the aortopulmonary walls will open and this begins the last phase of systole, that is that of the ejection. I hope everyone has a clear understanding of the pressure and volume relationship in the ventricle. Now, if we were to plot the left ventricular pressure against the volume, a loop is generated the area of which represents the work performed, often called the stroke work. This left ventricular pressure volume curve has four segments, the isovolumetric contraction, ventricular ejection, isovolumetric relaxation, and diastolic ventricular filling. It would be easier for everyone to understand this if they have a diagram of this pressure volume loop in front of their eyes. This begins with the opening of the mitral valve when the pressure and the volume is at its lowest in the left ventricle. This is when the volume is the end systolic volume. Slowly the volume starts increasing as the mitral valve opens and the uh, ventricle starts filling with blood. Now 
this segment continues till the end diastolic volume when the mitral valve closes. At this point, the volume will remain constant and the pressure will start increasing during this next segment of isovolumetric contraction. This segment continues till the aortic valve opens uh, and the volume will start slowly decreasing as the ejection phase begins. In this next segment, the volume will start decreasing and the pressure will initially rise and then again decrease in the ventricles. This segment continues till the aortic valve close. Now the aortic valves are closed and the atrioventricular valves are also closed and uh, the pressure within the ventricles will decrease but the volume will remain the same. This phase is that of the isovolumetric relaxation. Now, in a normal heart, this left ventricular pressure volume loop is roughly rectangular. For a right ventricle, the shape is more triangular as the contraction of right ventricle is not synchronized. So what will happen into the pressure volume loop in an ischemic heart? So in ischemia, the pressure volume loop appears to lean to the right. This is because during the phase of isovolumetric contraction, there is a bulging of the area of ischemic muscle. This will not only uh, increase the pressure, but also the volume within the ventricles and this makes the uh, loop lean to the right. And what will happen to the pressure volume loop by, in, by an increase in the preload? Let us first define what preload is. In a heart, preload is defined as end diastolic volume, which is the volume that produces the initial stretch of myocardium prior to contraction. An increase in preload will increase the end diastolic volume, which will increase the end diastolic fiber length and thus will increase the velocity of muscle shortening for a given afterload and eject more blood from the ventricle. For a constant contractility and afterload, Increasing the preload increases the stroke volume. This makes the pressure volume loop wider than normal. How does the afterload affect the pressure volume loop? Again, afterload is defined as the force that opposes the contraction of the cardiac muscle and ejection of blood from the ventricle. As the uh, afterload is more, the ventricles are unable to completely eject the blood, so the end systolic volume will be more. Hence, there is a reduction in stroke volume. The end diastolic volume does not alter. Thus, the pressure volume loop becomes consequently taller and thinner. How is the pressure volume loop affected by contractility? Well, contractility is defined as the intrinsic ability of the cardiac muscle fibers to shorten independent of preload and afterload. Increasing the contractility also widens the pressure volume loop. We already saw that increasing the preload was also widening the pressure volume loop. However, there is a difference between the two. Increasing the preload increased the end diastolic volume, which shifted the end diastolic point towards the right and thus shifted the right border of the pressure volume loop towards the right and widened the loop. In case of increase in the contractility, it causes a decrease in the end systolic volume. Thus, the end systolic volume point shifts towards the left and the left border also subsequently shifts towards the left, which widens the pressure volume loop. Well, this is the end of 
the episode for today i hope everyone had a clear understanding of the cardiac cycle and the pressure volume loop and enjoyed themselves if you liked please come back subscribe and share thank you for listening to me